1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The
2: Timeless Podcast Company present this podcast.
1: An immersive sound design.
2: Did I ever tell you the one about MF Doom? MF Doom, 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 MF Doom. In the last two episodes, we talked about KMD, the birth of Zev Love XX Evolves, and the group coming together with Third Base. In this episode, we're going to talk more about the formation of KMD, them hitting the road, and the experiences they had as a group. Did I ever tell you the one about MF Doom? Every Friday, Mr. Hood no, on, the, on the album was able to borrow his father's Cadillac. I had a 1979
3: Sedan DeVille four-door. Um, we would go everywhere from Long Island all the way to the Bronx, to the Lower East Side, party hopping, looking for all the you know, parties and stuff.
2: What we did have was this thing that we kept talking about, which was getting the gas face, which was a GYP internal posse joke. And how that joke came about was every Friday, he could borrow his dad's car and we all had to chip in for gas. And from Long Beach to the mall that we would go to, to meet girls at Roosevelt Field Mall was like 30 to 45 minutes away. And in a Cadillac that got eight miles to the month, um, it took a lot of gas money to get out there. And we couldn't, whatever the car was on, we couldn't bring the car back empty. If the car was on a quarter tank, his father was like, bring it back full. So we had, you know, so, and we all would chip in. And, you know, this was at a time when, you know, you didn't really wear seat belts, not advising that today, obviously. But, you know, it was a giant Cadillac. We would fit like 10 dudes in the Cadillac, five in the front, five in the back.
3: It was a pretty pretty big car. So we was able to fit a good, significant amount of people in there. We was all packed in there. And we'd go to all these different shows. And um, I would also take him to uh, sometimes different auditions and stuff like that.
2: And the idea was that, you know, you'd walk through Roosevelt Field Mall, this beautiful mall in the middle of uh, Roosevelt, Long Island, uh, and you would try to meet girls and you would try to get whoever got the most numbers. You know, you, you know. And um, these girls were beautiful, like of all different shades and races and creeds. And they all had money because they were living in the rich part of Long Island. We as nice as we looked we did not look like we had money you know we did not look as fresh as we felt so we these girls would scrunch up their face and give us this look like this look of just total disgust like how dare you you peon how dare you even look in my direction let alone ask for my number and Subrock said, man, we spent all that gas to get a face like that. And uh, we all started laughing. I, it might've been, I, think, I believe it might've even been Emus or on that, but somebody was like, yo, she gave us the gas face. And we all started laughing. We're like, yo, that's the dopest shit ever, gas face. Like we just were like, yo yo, your mama got, gave me the gas face, you know, it was just became, the, it was just the funniest shit i had ever heard. And we started running it to death. Like, it didn't matter. Like, we would just come up with shit to give the gas face. You know, if a dude struck out, if we're watching a game, oh, he gets the gas face. Uh, if I was a dollar short in getting like, you know, oh, you get the gas face. So it became like a running, you know, joke. I remember, uh, going to see the guys and telling them that um, I was signing a record deal um, and that the, you know the group was originally when we signed the record deal the name of the group was Through the Hard Way so I told them that we had this group called Three the Hard Way and that you know it was this guy Pete Nice and myself we were still working on a DJ for the group we didn't really have a, a third Sam Sever was originally going to be the third The majority of the album was already done uh, when we signed to Def Jam. Um, A lot of it was already, I believe, almost a year and a half, two years old. And at the very end of the project you know russell said you know we needed you know more of a big name producer or several big name producers uh to work on songs with us they felt that would make it you know uh, give us the hits we needed although we made great records with uh sam he didn't feel like we had a standout single so we went with the bomb squad first brooklyn queens was the first record we produced with prince paul and then we were in Calliope Studios. My memory, if my memory serves me correctly, we were in Calliope and he was looping this beat and the beat was like, boom boom, bat, doom ba boom, bat, ba doom boom, bat, boom, boom, bat, boom, boom, bat. And the skip was, bit boom, boom bat. But for some reason, when he looped it, it wouldn't loop right. And it kept looping and it was driving him crazy. And I was like, why is it driving you crazy? That's fucking dope. Like that sounds amazing. And he was like, yeah, but it doesn't sit right on these pianos that I'm doing. And then just, you know, one of those things miraculously when he finally laid it out with the Aretha Franklin piano and that beat, it was just beautiful. And I don't know where the oh shit came from when he like layered that into the beat but that just happened um and we worked on the first half in calliope and um we didn't have an idea for the record we didn't have a title for the record we didn't really have anything for the record and when we had that beat we were like yo we should call this song the gas face this is the perfect song for zev love x to jump on
1: My brothers, again, they would tell me these stories when they come home, so I wasn't rolling with them, doing everything and going everywhere, but when they came home and we got centered, they put me up on stuff. I believe it was Doom, he, uh... He would tell me every time there's a new development, so he told me, yo, Search is gonna uh, you're gonna call the song the gas face. You know when people get gassed and uh, when they get gassed up and then it's gonna, we're gonna make a face for it. He kind of told me it was like that, like ran the idea by, by me like that. I was like, okay, I see, I see. You know, it sounded definitely like you were running with a lot of the ideas that were just coming up spontaneously uh, from those guys and then utilizing it and I was thinking at that time like, oh, I'm wondering why would was, why was Search go with your idea like, oh, why would he get inspired by the, the stuff you guys are just talking about and snapping about but that's how he mentioned it to me and I think at that moment he did also say uh, and, and he's going to have Gilbert Godfrey you know the comedian he's going to have him in the video I think that's where you guys got up to at that point with the gas phase concept and I was like alright, alright mm-hmm. Sounds like a, you know, sounds like a plan. You know, because I knew Doom was going to be on it. But then he told me that that was a development like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be fresh, man. <laughs> is that is that how it went? Is that how the story goes?
4: Tell the funky homo Sapien. The first memory is a gas face, really. You know what I'm saying? Gas face is the first memory and the, and the video for that. You know what I'm saying? I, I was a fan already. So I already was like, OK, damn, this the shit. And then they popped out. I'm like, huh, who's this? You know, I was always just stripping off anybody new, anybody that has some flavor and shit. And they kind of reminded me of me kind of, you know what I'm saying? In a lot of ways. So I was like, okay, I got to check these fools out. Engineer extraordinaire, Young Guru.
5: First time I heard Zev Love X. When is, when is the first time that I heard Zev Love X? I think Gasface uh, was the first time that I heard Zev Love X. thought it was
2: clever uh, round patterns. Here's Curious George's best friend, Brooming, and member of the CM family land, Cotty. Oh, uh, wow. My earliest memory of Zev Love X it's probably, it's probably the gas phase video. I just thought he was dope and I thought the record was dope. Super producer just Blake
5: My first memory of Doom was as love X, likely on the gas face.
2: Here's the dot X from Brand Nubian about being label mates with KMD.
6: Alright, well I think like if I can think back, the first time I met Doom, as you know, we uh we was doing our album and they was coming like just I guess a little bit after us. And, you know, Dante, he, he, was, he was, He you know, he was um, handling the project. And I think, like, one time we was down in the studio because, you know, Electro would try to, you know, use, I forgot what, what was the name of that joint? Chung King or one of them joints down there. And, you know, I met I met them in there, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, they was, uh, you know, he, they were saying they was from L.I., you know, and they was doing their thing. And I didn't really know too much about them then. But I was like, ah, right. you know, I heard a couple of joints, you know, and Dante was giving them approval. So I said, all right, I'm gonna check it out. A founding member of Leaders of the New School, Dinko D. They, their wave was so far from what everybody else was doing that it was hard to try to grasp onto it at first. You know, everybody didn't see the the jewels of what they was actually trying to do and do. And I mean, maybe it was because the music was so, so abstract and far-fetched from what was at the time, what was happening, you know what I'm saying? It was probably, I would say, futuristic, you know what I'm saying? At that time, they was doing music that was ahead of the time at that time.
2: Here's Cut Monitor Milo from Leaders of the New School. The first time I saw them
3: was in and out of Electra, the record label, um, you know, trying to get it together. We were young. You know, trying to put something out, confident, you know, how that whole thing goes. And um, the first time we performed together was at Hard to the Left at Kilimanjaro's. It was like an Electra showcase. You remember that? Yeah. So that was wild. I was just talking, um, speaking with Uncle Ralph. He mentioned that he has the footage from Hard to the Left, which we're working on getting in our possession. Electro was really new to the hip hop,
2: so, The first single that KMD released on Electro was Peach Fuzz. It was an interesting story of coming of age, where Doom, Subrock, and Onyx talked about becoming men and how they became men, not only in their religion, became men on the block. Here's Dimbaza to talk about how the sample came to be
1: story is interesting so much again it's the flagship song it was the first single it hit right for the message my brothers were putting out they're at work they know and i don't yet they know that they chose peach fuzz as their single They're talking to me and they're like, Yeah, yeah, we got this idea, you know, song called Peach Fuzz. It's about not having a beard yet. They had to explain that to me. I was a little bit further from even having Peach Fuzz. You know, like you probably got just a little bit of Fuzz, you know, Peach Fuzz. And I was like, Okay, okay, I see it, I see it. I was like, Okay. They didn't have a beat yet. So, all right, uh, so I'm on assignment now to just find loops. I got this. Little teenage band with my best friend Lou So we, we, we both are writing rhymes Me and my friend Lou We did that mostly at his house His father has records, you know a lot of the uh what is it the fabia label a lot of the you know merengue stuff and i hear the peach fuzz sample we both looked at each other and we were like that's dope we were like ah uh, we gotta let my brothers hear this we knew which samples were serious and heavy enough where because they got a deal we better run it by them and let them know like yo we think we found something like yeah could you use this or not we played a peach fuzz loop for them it's right at the beginning of the record boom Instantly they feel that vibe immediately too. And they were already hard pressed wondering what they're gonna use for that song. And it became that, that became the loop. And then Sub flipped it from there. He knew how to filter it and do everything to get all, make it into a sequence and make it a full beat.
2: Video music box and classic concept director, Lionel Martin.
0: The first time I met Zev Love and KMD was the first video that I did for Third Bass step into the AM and they had these guys with them who I didn't know but seemed really cool, really different. That was the KMD shirt. It was kind of surreal because I didn't know yet what was going to happen with these guys or much about them. I just knew it was something under Search's tutelage. But, you know, there was so much stuff going on. Eventually, I would get to meet them really close and work with them several times, and I feel very blessed that that was able to happen for Search. The concept of Peach Fuzz came about through a meeting that Search set up um, to meet with the group. And this was like, I, like I said, I saw, saw the group in various third base videos. But now this was like, hey, by the way, this is a group and they have music and if they're, they're a thing. And we'd like to do a video for them. And I was it was sitting down and just uh, getting the ideas and trying to, you know, take all of these pieces and make something amazing out of it. I mean, that's what I do. That was part of a lot of stuff that I'd done in in the past, you know, and I think the one that did the most talking was probably Sev, Sev Lover. He was the one that had a lot of the ideas. It was different. I'll say that it was different. It was not, I, I the word that I want to say is it wasn't something that was common at that time. It was very different, but I'm glad that um, I was open to it and I was glad that I was able to do something. It's still like, it's one of my favorite videos. I would say, um, well, I like the Who Me, but Peach Fuzz uh, is, has a special place. And I think we went out to Long Island for that too, to uh, shoot that. In putting the video together, like there were certain scenes that Zev Love and Subrock and Onyx that they all wanted to do. Um, the barbershop scene, it was very important. I believe Subrock actually cut hair. So that was kind of cool. The bicycles, they wanted to ride on their bicycles. and. Um, no, that was different. I don't think I did any video where the artists were like riding on bicycles. It did give me ideas for future videos of doing it. You know, I would never done anything like that before too. I think the cameraman was actually on a bicycle and someone was riding him backwards. so We can hold the camera. The the KMD Street. So kind of like a Sesame Street vibe. And we actually had the, uh, I don't know what the character was called, but we had a big character, like like a Muppet, you know? So it was cool. It was different. The music was, was fly. And I think we had uh, grand puba on his xylophone, you know so it was like a lot a lot of things that was going on but this is the stuff that they wanted so you know you can imagine listening to it, it was kind of like the ideas i was like i still like a lot of different things but as you got into the cutting room you started putting it together it just all kind of blended and made sense well you know which is it's just it's just a standalone video you know i mean I mean, the thing with the with the xylophone, you know? I looked at that the other day, and you, and you see Poobah just a little bit. He's not even featured, but you know it's him. And it's, you know, it's different for me. It's really different for me, I'll say that much. Here's the dot X. In the video, if you notice Poobah was on
6: the xylophone. You know, I, I forgot about that part. <laughs> Here's the MC with the cheat code,
5: Grand
2: Poobah Maxwell.
5: The reason why I was in that video, that song was fire, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So when he asked me, I remember okay, I remember him asking me, like, yo, you want to come be in the video? I don't even think he told me I was going to play this. I was just like, when I got there, yo, you want to? It was just when he asked me, like, that was a song I would rhyme on. If he would have called me for that joint, I definitely would have got on that. But I remember liking that song so much. When he asked me to do the video, I remember like this. was a no brainer, bro. So when I got there, he was like, yo, you wanna play this out for whatever, boom, 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 boom. It wasn't even the fact he mentioned my name. It was just that song was dope. Like, and he was like, yo, we shooting the video for, I'm in, like, You know what I'm saying? No, of course, no brainer, like, you know? And then when he gave me the joints, that even, it just was dope, bro, you know? You know, people think you really playing and shit. I was banging on, you know, I was in tune, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? That, dude, I made my day, man. I really appreciated that, you know what I'm saying? I really, really appreciated that, I man. I was, listen,
2: I was happy to be in that for man. I was glad that he asked him too. You know? Classic Concept co-founder, and of course, the well-known VJ from Video Music Box, Ralph McDaniels remembers meeting KMD at their album release party.
5: I believe the first time I met the guys from KMD was at their um, release party with Elektra Records. And, um... I know that you know we had done some videos but i don't know if i was there when we did the videos maybe came to the set but i didn't really get a chance to really take it with them lino was really directing the videos and i thought they were interesting and they they kind of like were a new look of what hip-hop looked like you know and their energy was like kind of abstract um and so I said, um, a couple of years, it was a new wave of, of artists, and I think they represented that <clears throat> kind of like um, Brand Deans represented that conscious hip hop, you know. And um, and so, um, so you know, I always was listening to what they were talking about and trying to get a vibe on where they were from.
3: Cut. Monitor, Milo. What I can remember mm. was um, being in a hotel room freestyling. That was a big thing back then. So we used to vibe because what we had on tour was each other. We were all new to this. And so we used to go from each other's rooms, uh, brand new KMD, leaders. Um, This this lady named Shazzy, you remember Shazzy? and uh, yeah, we used to interact with each other, develop relationships, and also develop our craft, listen to each other's tracks, listen to each other's things that we were working on, and just, you know, try to uplift each other. It was
2: a very positive group. Here's Dell on the bond he had with KMD, and what it was like on tour.
4: They all over there chilling, and I see Doom, and I see Sub Rock over there. And I, I remember I got cool with them, because they was playing an ultramagnetic record. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, oh, oh, y'all y'all love Ultra Magnetic too? Okay, and just just from that, I knew that they, that was like the secret tome or something, you know what I'm saying? And then from there, we was just cool, you know what I'm saying? And they was playing, they was playing me little bits and pieces of Black Bastards, just hella proud of it. Like, yo, this is our new shit, what you think? I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, you know what I'm saying? I'm just like, Gas in their head, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, this is the shit. I mean, it was the shit, you know what I'm saying? So I was excited with them for real, and we just got cool after that, you know what I'm saying? We just was hell of a like, so I just kind of gravitated toward them. We would listen to a lot of music, we make music, you know what I'm saying? But really, just listening to what they had, proof, proof in it, you know what I mean? Just checking it out, making sure it sounded all right just talking high basically a lot of what we was doing we were high to tell you the truth honestly we was really high fucked up here's to dot x from brand Nubian about
2: being label mates with kmd
6: uh with, with us and kmd being label mates yes we did we did a lot of shows uh i remember a particular tour was uh i think daylight headlined it <laughs> And then it was us. And then it was KMD. You know, we did a West Coast tour. And you know, we we, we drove on the bus up and down the coast, us. uh, That was, for us, that was at the time when Puba left. So, you know, it it was kind of hard for us because, you know, we was going to shows and everybody was looking like, well, where's Puba? So that was a proving ground. But, you know, they was on the road. Here's Lord Jamar from Brand Nubian. Things were just real organic back then.
7: You know what I mean? And I could see Zev Love, you know, saying, "Yeah, oh, we need to make, you know what I mean? We mean we need to make a record together type of shit. Like, you know, for me and, and X at least, all of that shit was new, you know, to even be asked to be on somebody else's record was like, flattering and you know it was just all the shit that you dream of you know of, of why you got into hip-hop and all of that now for pooba he's already done this type of shit, so it's not as special for him i guess you know what i mean when you first get your new car it's your new car after you drive it a few times it's just a car so he was more at the it's just a car phase i believe but he still fucked with them from what i remember you know because this was a long time ago but from what i remember you know it was their song so they pretty much took the lead on it you know what i mean they chose the beat um the beat had the nitty-gritty hook on it and all of that type of shit so it was kind of like
6: all right yeah i remember i think one of them I didn't come to i think if i can remember right i'm thinking but like like I said, like, back then, man, it was a labor of love, man. Like, if you was on the label or somebody else was on the label, yeah, that was an automatic collab, man. It was a good time. I remember we came through. I think we might have drank something. Dante was there. And, you know, we we, we we did
2: what we did. One of the members of Brand Nubian, Grand Poobah Maxwell.
5: The reason Nitty Gritty was so special because it was brothers that were enlightened in culture with similar and different analogy on certain things but basically with one common goal right and that's the civilized civilization and um so it was a magnetic attraction like you know like um whatever and their community was doing there might be some differences but there were more similarities but we came to the one understanding the duty of the civilized person is to teach civilization. So with that being said, um, like if you take society now, if we're marching on this same path, going on the same road, fighting the same war and the same causes, then you my brother like. You know what I'm saying? And we can come to an understanding on our differences, that should be an easy part. But um, a lot of times we don't do that. So with us, We knew that automatically, you know what I'm saying? Because like minds, of course, think alike. You know what I'm saying? Even though, you know, they might address things a little different, but at the end of the day, Understand now knowledge, wisdom. Understand it was understood, and that's what made it
2: good. It was really a lot of fun, to be honest with you guys, to talk to Lord Jamar, Sadat X, and Grand Poova Maxwell from Brand Nubian, and replay the nitty gritty record that was not only one of my personal favorite songs on the KMD album, but also a song I really thought showcased all of their rhyme skills. But something happened when KMD was on the road with Brand Nubian. Doom, Subrock, and Onyx changed. Not for the worst, not for the better, but they just changed. We all gel
6: together. Like that was in the time, you know, like when if you was on a label and it was some other dudes on the label, y'all all, you know, you, 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 y'all you got together. If they had a session, we might pop through their session or, or they might pop through our session or we might go to a, a, another session on the label. You know, it, it was all love, man. Like, I don't I don't feel it was a negative influence towards the, the, the front end of the tour. You know, they was with the robes and. You know, we was blowing it down and drinking and doing what we was doing. And like halfway through, I seen Doom and he at the bar. And I said, okay, okay, they they, they they coming on this side now, you know, and and, and Doom, he, he definitely could drink something, no question, but he good dude, but he could, he could put something back, definitely. Well, it was all love though, man, like it was no problem.
2: After the tour, something happened that would change the direction of the band and Zev Love X forever.
3: I remember that. Can I believe
5: it was Charlie Brown who contacted me? I remember. I feel like vaguely, like I was in my house and you know, you know it was Doom and a couple of people and they knew more. Like I, didn't, it seemed like I just recall us always trying to do music, trying listening to music all the time. Yeah, I remember hearing about. <laughs> it bugged me out because
4: God bless, he's should chill with us get tore up. I remember it just being really, it was really a rough period. I didn't get any information on that then. I was still very deep in the fandom, but I would get my news from a source or a radio station.
2: Join us next time on episode four, where we share with you not only tragedy, but how tragedy became triumph. Did I ever tell you the one about MF Doom Podcast is a timeless podcast company production. Executive produced by Chantel Barron, Michael Barron and Eric DJ Eclipse Win. Co produced and mixed by Brett Epignazer. Sound design and sound editing by Nick Digler Davila. Research director Miles J. Barron. Senior creative director Martin Norton for Poison Pen Graphics. Graphic design director Shai Harari for H1 Media. Featuring Ben Klingon, Dell of the Hieroglyphics Crew, Dimbaza Dumale, Dinko D of Leaders of the New School, Graham Poopa Maxwell, Jason DeMarco, Just Blaze, Curious George, Cotty, Lionel the Vid Kid Martin, Lord Jamar, Lord Seer, Miles Brown, M.F. Grimm, Milo from Leaders of the New School, Onyx the Birthstone Kid of KMD, Prince Power Rule, Ralph McDaniels, Talib Kwali, Tanji Dumale, Tom Brown, Wildchild, Yasin Bey, and Young Guru. Special thanks to the City of Long Beach, Mark Healy and the Rockaway Wave, Far Rockaway, Queens, New York, Brandon G, Tom Wheelie, Ben King, Stephen S. Sidman, and Video Music Box. Timeless podcast sound design voiceover, Tembisa Mashaka. Music cues and scoring for this podcast have been provided by Portal. That's P-R-T-L. Music comes in all vibes, so lo should too. Welcome to Portal, the world's first lo-fi music in all genres for all types of music fans. Whether you love hip-hop, reggaeton, country, alt-rock, EDM, or even bassa, Portal has lo-fi vibes to match your music tastes. Find Portal on YouTube or Spotify or anywhere you listen to lo-fi. Portal, P-R-T-L, lo-fi for every vibe.